0: G'day friends, Loki is a 2021 Disney Plus series, it stars Tom Hiddleston, Sophia DiMartino and Owen Wilson and it is bloody superb, it, I, oh, I, I'm not sure if it is the best content that the MCU has produced, but it just might be, it is very, very good it is by far the best of the series that have come out this year. The other two being WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, this, this show's on another level. It, it is in another dimension, if you will. Um, I will say spoiler warning now, so I can just get straight into it after the intro music. So, big, big spoiler warning. I'm going to talk about lots of different things that happen in the show. Um, and this, and I'm not messing around here. This is not the kind of show where you go, Oh, I don't mind if I get it spoiled. I'm not that interested. I strongly recommend that you give this show a look because it is very different from everything else that we've seen in the MCU. It is extremely bold and is a very exciting next step into what is to come in this franchise. So, Let's get into it. game where loki picks up the tesseract in 2012 new york and disappears right picks up from that moment um that act sees him placed squarely in front of the time variance authority who basically are in charge of controlling the run of time they have to make sure so in you know In in their world, what they believe, what they are told, is that time has to run in a certain way. There are set things that are supposed to happen. There is no room for variety or error or free will, if you will. It has to happen a certain way. And when, for whatever reason, something doesn't happen in a certain way, they need to intervene, collect... The variant, as they call them, from their timeline, they put them in this sort of court setup, they, you know, accuse them of a a crime, being they've broken the sacred timeline, and then they reset the timeline that was, that branched off by, because of whatever that person did, and then the, you know, the sacred timeline, as they call it, is back on track. It's basically what they do. So Loki is put in front of them, and then hijinks ensue. Um, he is put in the the observation of Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson sort of put in charge of him, and the two of them together begin to sort of, you know, they sit down, they talk about. Loki's life, it takes an entire episode for Loki to actually realise that what is happening is actually happening to him. He thinks it's all some some sort of joke or illusion Um, eventually comes around. It is proven to him that this place is legit and, you know, does in fact control all of time and all of existence. Um, Then by the end of the first episode, Loki is enlisted to help find... Another version of himself, a Loki from another timeline or another dimension, um, who is causing all sorts of havoc on the timeline. Um, This other Loki turns out to be a female version of him, who goes by the name Sylvie, a slightly different sort of character there. The two of them then go off on their own mission, They, they investigate what the TVA is, they find out some pretty dark stuff. Um, that they, you know, then their, their goal becomes, let's find out what's happening. Let's get to the bottom of this. You know, Loki is motivated just by sort of, because it's just what he feels like doing basically. Whereas Sylvie has genuine motives. The TVA basically ruined her life. So she wants to get to the top, you know, defeat whoever's at the top and then move forward. Um, They find out that the... So we're told that the people at the top are these three all-knowing, all-powerful timekeepers. Turns out to be a bit of a Wizard of Oz situation where the three of them are a bit of a smokescreen and that the one guy at the top is Kang the Conqueror. Now, I'm not a big comic guy. In fact, I don't really know anything about the comics at all. But I understand that Kang the Conqueror is a bit of a big deal and I know that he is going to be appearing in the next Ant-Man movie which will also be dealing with the multiverse and different dimensions and time and all this stuff Um, it had been announced that Jonathan Majors had been cast as Kang in that film but now he's appeared in this series first so yes he does pop up at the end um, in a very expository sort of role um, but mainly what the entire purpose of him being in the finale and the finale itself is is to set up the next season. It answers a lot of our questions and then poses twice as many on top of that. So it, it was... The finale itself, I thought, was extremely bold in that it didn't feel very final at all. We're now going to have to wait who knows how long. It'll be more than a year, I would imagine, given how COVID's going, until we get the next season of this show... And the way that it ended with Sylvie killing this version of Kang only to undoubtedly spawn an infinite number of even worse versions of him was was a pretty great way to end this season. Um, and yeah, the, the the mayhem that will ensue in the next season, I am certain, will blow our minds even more that that, that's basically how the show runs um so why is it so good it's so good there's a lot of reasons that firstly the whole concept right the idea of these this bureaucratic organization whose purpose is to you know manage the flow of time, right? And then Loki, the Loki that we know, very familiar with, being plopped into this absurd scenario, right? And then the whole idea of how time works, how the multiverse works, all of this. These pretty complicated ideas, right? Complica- like if if this show was directed by Christopher Nolan, right, it would take 11 watches to understand what the fuck was going on, right? But because Marvel is so good at just giving you all the information that you need and nothing more to enjoy the viewing experience. It was the same with Endgame, right, when they when they travel back through time, they're like, right, we're going to go so small that we go into the quantum realm, you don't have to understand what that is, but it time moves differently there, and we can make time go backwards so we can pop back out at a different time, right? That's all that we needed to know. We didn't need all the nitty-gritty. It would have taken away from the experience, right? Same with this, right? How do these little tempad things work that allow them to, you know, not only go through time, but travel anywhere in the universe, right? It doesn't matter. We don't need to know. We just need to be shown that that's what they can do, and that's enough, right? How does the whole void at the end of time work? That doesn't matter either, right? We just have to be shown that it exists and that's enough, right? Show us what it looks like. Show us that that's where people go when they get um, voided. Um, and that's it. That's all we need. How, how, how does the, that, that citadel at the end of time work in you know in the you know that's inside the endless, flat circle of time itself like it does you don't have to understand the quantum mechanics and the physics of it all They just have to show us make it entertaining and that's it right they've done it so well they're dealing with really really high concept stuff here marvel but it's still really consumable which is just it's it's really impressive to me i think oh it's a bit cold um The other really, really strong aspect of the show is the performances, especially Hiddleston. He, he's a, I think he's a really underrated actor in general, but putting him front and center, not as the villain, and not necessarily as the hero, at least not as, not at first, but just as the protagonist, he is so fucking solid. He's really, really good. He's good in the, in the funny bits. He's good in the, Dramatic bits and the emotional bits in, in the action, he's really great. Like, he's. he's it's a really well rounded performance, and Loki is a fucking awesome lead character. He's so watchable because even when you, you, you know, you might trust him in one moment and totally believe what he's saying, but then you still just know that it's in his nature to be manipulative and betray people, but then he can by the end of the series, he's pretty much completely become the good guy, right? Because he, very early on in this show, he goes through the entire arc that the Loki that we know has been through, through, you know, through the Thor films and the Avengers films, right? Where by the end of Ragnarok, he's a good guy. They had to sort of squeeze that in to just this show, basically just in the first episode, to make it so that the Loki in this show was the same as the Loki that we knew from the film. But, you know, that's whatever. Hiddleston's performance is superb, and you can tell he's having a lot of fun with it as well. Like, what a fun idea it is to make him be D.B. Cooper. I thought that was really cool. Like, it's really fun to see him go to the eruption of Vesuvius and to, like, this, this planet that's got another planet crashing into it. Like, just these... It's just a fun show. Um, the The other performances are really good. I really like Owen Wilson. He's you like he's he's very charming. He's very funny as well. But you know, to see him, his character slowly come to terms and realize what the TVA is really doing is really good. Like you, you become pretty emotionally connected to him as well. Like. We didn't get it in the finale, but everyone just wants to see him ride a jet ski. You know that's what we're waiting for. Hopefully, we get that in the next season. Um, uh, Sophia Di Martino is really, really good as Sylvie, as the other Loki variant. She's great. This is this is the first sort of big role for her. She's done a lot of sort of small British bit of British TV, that sort of stuff. So this is you know big moment for her, and she was really solid. I loved what they did with her character in that last episode. It was bold to have, you know, to lean so heavily in the direction of she's going to join with Loki and they're going to make the right decision. But for her to still decide to kill Kang in the finale there, and how I was was genuinely surprised by that, because normally, like, how this sort of scenario normally goes is, you know, the characters we know to be the heroes will make the right decision in the end, the smart decision, right? But Sylvie sort of had to make that choice, right? Because although her and Loki are pretty much the same being, just from a different universe, or a different dimension, I should say, there's a big difference between the two of them, right? So Loki gets taken by the TVA, put in that room with Mobius. They have that pole interrogation. There's the scene where he watches his mother die, his father die, himself die. That whole scene where he goes through the entire arc that was covered in all the films, right? So the Loki that we have by episode six of this show is a lot more enlightened, a lot more wise, a lot more... Oh, There's another word I'm looking for. He's just... He's more mature. He doesn't have that hateful drive in him that he did previously, that hateful drive that Sylvie clearly has. Like she's been, since she was a child, she's been running around from the TVA, bouncing through time, bouncing through, you know, different universes and all of that, just trying to evade them and trying to sabotage them at the same time. Like she's tired and she's angry. Like she's got... Who knows how, like, because Lokis are gods, right? They age very differently. We don't know how many decades or centuries or, like, however long that she's been doing this. It could be a really fucking long time. So she's been building this rage, and she finally finds the person who's at the top of the TVA. It wasn't the timekeepers. Those were, you know, smoke and mirrors. She's found the guy. And she cannot help herself, even against his advice, against Loki's advice, against everyone else telling her, and even probably her own better judgment, saying this is not a good idea. She cannot help it, because she's just, she's a killer. This is what Lokis are, at least to begin with, right? So that decision by her right at the end of the finale there, it makes complete sense, and it's a really bold, I've said the word bold a few times now, it's a bold cliffhanger for this series to end on. Because the other two, WandaVision and Falcon Winter Soldier, were tied up very nicely, a little bow, right? Whereas this is so open-ended, right? It's it's finished, I said this before, it's finished with, you know, more questions than it has answers. The timeline splintering and branching off into infinite different you know, directions. Um, Loki being shoved back into the TVA and then it being not the... So basically going into a different dimension, right? It being a different TVA, different Big Kang statue. Owen Wilson doesn't recognise him. Like, like what a... But it was a bananas ending. But the whole finale... I think the finale is going to get criticised a lot because it was a, it was... While it was amazing... It was a little bit anticlimactic and it was basically just completely dialogue. It was very es- expository, which is a fair criticism, but it was still pretty entertaining, the finale. I thought, like, I thought Jonathan Majors is he, they clearly, I don't know, I think how quirky Kang was was like may put people off a little bit because we're going to go, he's going to be the next big bad, right? We're going from Thanos. Thanos, that, is it, should I say Thanos or Thanos? I don't know how to say it in an Australian accent. I feel like it should be Thanos, right? We're going from Thanos to Kang, right? But the Kang that we've seen is this sort of, like, I don't even know how to describe it. He's like a little weirdo. He's giggling and laughing and stuff and being all silly and eating a fucking apple, right? Like, it, it was... Not at all what I expected, and I think a lot of people will have that same feeling, but because he's been killed now, we have the opportunity for a new Kang to come in, you know, who, like, there's now an infinite number of them who are all coming to get you, right? So there could be other ones who are quirky, but there could be other ones who are really serious and intimidating, right? Jonathan Majors is a good actor, so... He could really pull off any different kind of Kang that he feels like, or that the creators feel like. So I don't, like, if you're put off by what we got in the finale, you don't need to stress, because I think we could very, very easily get something different in the series and movies to come in the future, right? The other thing that makes this show fantastic, two other things, right? One is how it looks. It looks spectacular. The, The whole the colour palette that's used, lots of greens and purples, right? Even, like, the sort of beige and orange look of the TVA. Everything looked amazing, and that that, the the sort of cloudy green hue in the void. Like, I, I loved the look of every second of this show. It looks amazing. And then the other thing that I loved was the music, right? So, Natalie Holt was the composer for the show and she absolutely nailed it that the that she just understood the feel of what the show was right so she uses there's some really great moments with with a lot of violin the violin is amazing i think i think she herself is a violinist that's her chief instrument but there's also that part of the main theme is on the theremin if you don't know what a theremin is it's, I don't even know what category of instrument it falls under. It's an electric instrument. It is, it's like this sort of board with this metal pole coming out of one end that goes straight up and in the space between you play it like a string instrument, but there are no strings, right? It's like, it feels where your fingers are with like magnetic whatevers and it, it makes these really wacky sort of it's like an electric violin. What that would sort of sound like, right? It's a really, really cool instrument, and it can make really, really cool sounds. And just the, the the quirkiness, how different the whole series is. Perfect instrument for that. That's something that Disney is doing very well of late. Like I think of Loki, and then I think of um, Goranson in composing The Mandalorian using those very large recorders, right, to, to record the theme for The Mandalorian. Just just slightly different sort of thinking when it comes to the music. It, it fits so perfectly, and they use it very selectively, the theremin and the violin, at, at specific moments when they need a little bit more, you know, when something really strange has just happened, or we need a little bit more emotion. Like the, the scene in the first episode where Loki is watching his family be killed... Like things that he that this that he hasn't experienced, but we have already seen, but you know, the things he hasn't experienced, he's watching it. And it's a it's a really emotional scene, and the violin that she uses in that scene is beautiful, and they bring it back in the last episode as well. Like it's beautiful, beautiful music. Um even though I said spoiler warning, I don't think I want to say a whole lot else. I cannot give this show enough praise. It is probably the best stuff that we've had from the MCU. It's, it's, it's hard to compare to anything else because it is so different, but it, it's broken new ground in what can be put on screen, right? So, to, like, from where we started with Iron Man, right, with a guy building a very, very advanced suit of armor fighting another guy with an advanced suit of armor, right? There's your there's your conflict in that film, right? To where we are with Loki, a Norse mythological god, right? being plucked from his villainous plot in New York City 2012, put into this this very strange sophisticated bureaucratic setting that is outside of time where he now must find the answers to all of existence all right like it, it's <laughs> like we had iron man thor the thor movies took us into space the guardians movies took us into weird space like ant-man and dr strange introduced different realities and 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 Endgame introduced time travel, and now we're now we're, now it's all coming together. We're in space. It's weird. We're traveling through time. We're traveling through dimensions. Like, imagine fifteen years ago, someone telling you that this is where superhero content was going to get to. This six episode mini series on a streaming service made by Disney. Like. It's quite amazing where it's where it's come to, and and Loki is superb. It's absolutely superb. It, it is it is leaps and bounds ahead of the other series that we've got this year, and it, it is by far the 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 thing in the MCU that I am most looking forward to next. I don't care about the next Thor movie, Doctor Strange, Ant Man, Black Panther, Spider Man, any of that. I want more of this. Loki show because it's it's really great if, if you haven't given it a look you shouldn't have listened to everything I've just said but if you did and you haven't watched it before please go and watch it because it deserves all the praise that it's going to get it's really really good Hiddleston's excellent it looks excellent it sounds excellent the concepts are excellent oh, yeah it's yeah I can't think of any more ways in which to praise it so that will do for today um melbourne is back in another lockdown we're getting really good these lockdowns now um if, if you're not sort of from this part of the world you don't have to pay attention to this if you don't want to but you know that the this lockdown in melbourne has come from some home removalists it came down from sydney Because, you know, people felt that they just had to move house. They couldn't wait. Even though they're in a lockdown and, you know, they could be moving a virus from one state to the other. They just did it anyway. Um, A lot of people are blaming the New South Wales Premier, Gladys Berejtjegh. And while she was a bit slow with her lockdowns, she cannot be held responsible for fucking idiots deciding that they're just gonna you know fuck everyone else over and move house when they didn't need to right um there's a lot of there's a lot of tension on the eastern side of australia right now um hopefully we can get through it sooner rather than later and hopefully wherever you are if you're in a lockdown if you're under pretty tight restrictions that you know i hope that you can get through it sooner rather than later as well all right thanks for listening guys i'll catch you next time bye